What's going on, True Transformation? It's your host, Josiah Novak. Welcome to today's show. I have a very special guest, and his name is Tanner Guzzi, and he is the author of The Appearance of Power, as well as the owner of Masculine-Style.com. If you have been a longtime listener of the show, you will have uh, probably recognized the name Tanner Guzzi by now because Tanner was on the show way back when. In fact, he was one of the first guests I ever had on my podcast a few years back when I started the show. And a lot has changed since then. Tanner and I have uh, connected, or I should say stayed connected since our first uh, podcast interview years and back. And uh, we've both grown our businesses tremendously. We have grown our families tremendously. We have changed quite a bit and evolved over the past few years. So I wanted to have Tanner back on the show. Um, we've talked about a variety of things. It's a very interesting conversation. So you're going to want to buckle up and tune into this one because there's some serious value that's dropped and I think you'll find it extremely entertaining and interesting today as we dive into quite a few topics. Make sure to follow Tanner on Twitter and Instagram. Tanner Guzzi is where you'll find him on Instagram and Twitter. He's very active on both of those platforms. Be sure to check out his book, The Appearance of Power, and check out his website, masculine-style.com. If you are interested in getting your fashion, your style, and your appearance where it needs to be. Tanner is your guy. No questions asked. So buckle up and let's jump into today's show with Tanner Guzzi. Welcome to the True Transformation Podcast with your host, me, Josiah Novak. Welcome to the podcast. Here's my daddy, Josiah Novak. Before no, you're right. You should just hit record. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was that guy that hated running, man. Like I I used to knock it so much. Oh, I don't want to run. It's you know, it's it's. Where do you think that comes from? Why do you think so many people are are anti running? I think it's the visual that we picture a runner, right? A lot of times, like they're not like Olympic runner, right? Like right. a guy yeah, I don't who look like a marathon dude. Yeah, and and but that's that's that picture that I have in my mind or or used to, uh-huh. right? I think, oh, where have I seen guys who really run a lot? Oh, the Olympics. Oh, a Kenyan or or some guy from Europe who looks like he just hopped up out of bed and, you know, has never lifted in his life. Exactly. But you get out there and you start running, you go, wait a second, those guys are superhuman. Right. They're, they're, <laughs> like, their pace and everything is insane. It's insane. Oh, it's absurd, man. It's absurd. Yeah. And the well, running form is incredible, right? Even just the mechanic. And that's, what's so cool is I don't, I don't appreciate the aesthetics as far as their build any more than really anybody else. Sure. But I can certainly appreciate just like any other Olympic sport or any other activity, the mastery of the mechanics and the form and all the other, like you don't just get to that level by, I'm just going to go out and jog every morning. Oh no. And I think too, that's what leads to a lot of people saying, Oh, running's sucks. Running's this or that because when you suck at something, mm-hmm. you automatically start to get defensive. Totally. Say, oh, that's for people that are just boring and stuff, dude. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's just you suck at it, and I sucked at it like big time. <laughs> I mean, I talk about it all the time. My my running form was, and I didn't know until I because right? actually... why would you think you're running wrong? It's I'm almost an athlete, right? exactly, and it's like <laughs> one of the most basic fundamental movements. It would be. On some level, subconsciously, it's a little bit humiliating to think, I don't know how to run at 35 years old. What's wrong with me? Right. And it's taken me this long to start to pick it apart and actually do something. By the way, 
once I learn proper running form, I watch my four-year-old run just out of curiosity. Uh Like I want to see the perfect form. Of course, just like my three-year-old with her stupid deep squats that she can hold for five minutes straight. And it's just, how did I lose that? (laughs) Incredible lesson for for anybody listening. But I was blown away that 30 plus years of modern Western life has turned me into someone who looks like I should be able to do anything athletic. But it's not the case because of the day-to-day things that we do, the computers we sit in front of and the, the slouching and the, the padded shoes and everything. Dude, it made me want to, I literally could ask my wife. It was hilarious. She walked in my closet and she saw I had all my shoes boxed up. She says, what are you doing? I said, I'm selling them all because these, these teach me how to run poorly. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yep. It was, it was insane, but yeah, running man. So you were, so the test was pull-ups running and crunches and crunches. Yeah. So it's the old, it's the old uh, Marine Corps PFT that they just updated within the last year, but I was doing the old one. And so it was literally, I just wanted to see if I could do it. And I figured I could. And then I thought about Instagram friends and other people on social media that it's just, well, let's see if other guys are interested in doing it. And it really kind of picked up, especially on Instagram, which is fun. I had four or five other buddies who between them probably have, I don't know, half a million followers And, you know, in fact, one of them by himself has half a million. So I bet between all of them, they're at about a million. And it was really fun to see guys from all over the country. And what was so cool about it was that most of us, our scores were relatively close because you'd get guys who could crush it in their runtime, but Mm. their pull-ups were weak or their crunches weren't as strong or something else. And so there was only one guy out of all of my friends that I watched do it, who actually beat me in all three categories. And even then it was pretty close. He had me by like one pull up and he beat me by about 40 seconds on the run. And so it was a really cool way of gauging different guys' levels of fitness. And I love that. I think one of the reasons it did so well was because it was competitive Mm. and measurable. And it was also something that didn't require, it's not like, Hey, we're all going to go do a powerlifting meet in three months. And we all got to train really hard to the exclusion of everything else we're doing. It was just a really good way to gauge Am I fit enough that I can go do these basic exercises and perform these basic movements? And what's my score compared to other guys who care about their fitness too? Yeah, that's so cool. And actually it's funny because I really think that that type of measurement or, you know, that type of awareness needs to be way more emphasized these days because we're starting to get way too niche down mm-hmm. for the general so specialized way too specialized. Whereas if you take, because here's the thing, we're all tribal, right? Like I get it. We, we like to be around a community of like-minded right. people that you know, are like us, that talk like us, that look like us or whatever, right? But when it comes to fitness, I think we've kind of lost like that whole idea of what it really means to be fit, right? Like you look at the CrossFit games that just took place uh, a couple weeks back and they had all types of events, you know, swimming, running, rucking, like all sorts of cool stuff. And I thought to myself, man, like, I'm, I'm so happy I tore my bicep <laughs> right? because it reminded me of all the things I'm missing, dude. I bought a bike and I'm yeah, like, I saw that. like, dude, I, but I would have never done that. Exactly. You know and I, I, mean? I think that's what I've loved about seeing how you've been able to adapt to it because a lot of guys, when they deal with some sort of an injury, especially guys whose brand and business and everything else is built around fitness, they just basically say, okay, I'm going to maybe do some content about how I'm rehabbing and I'm just going to use a bunch of stuff that I've done before. Mm. But you're taking this idea of, no, let's adapt. Let's do something I wouldn't be doing otherwise because fitness is not just 
how low my body fat percentage is or how big my bench is. There are other things that go into this, this cake, the other ingredients in this cake of fitness that I've, I've been neglecting. And so why not see what I can do with those while I can't focus on the stuff that I'm already really good at. Totally, man. Yeah. Fitness, it became fun again, if I'm being honest, you know, awesome. I mean? like, yep. which is crazy to say as someone who's, you know, passion is fitness, but really it's just, you, you get, you get so tied down into this idea that there's just one path, even including Spartan races, you know, that was kind of the, the push off the ledge for me to, uh-huh. to get out there and challenge myself again and, and reunite my, you know, my just passion for improvement. And that led to the bicep injury along with boxing, right? Boxing and Spartan were kind of my two modalities I was dabbling heavily into the past year and a half. And, uh, but it's cool though, because yeah, but this, I, w- I would always obviously go back in time and I, I wouldn't like to tear my bicep, right, right? right? obviously, but it's great to take the silver lining and go, man, you know, do some self-reflection and say, Hey, I actually was missing a lot of things about fitness that now I can help other people include like, you know, some of the clients we've been working with recently started to take a look at things like your endurance, right? Started to take a look at things like, Hey, let's make sure your, your movement patterns are really dialed in so that we don't tear things. Not to say we weren't doing those things before, but it just reminds you of a lot of things that you might've been missing or just kind of brushing over. Right. Or it's not just, we're doing this to make sure we don't prevent injuries or come up against hurdles with what we're really focusing on, but it's no, this is worthy of focus in and of itself too. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it all, it all works together anyway. You yeah, know? exactly. And that's, what's so funny to me about the modern fitness community is cause you're right. We are tribal. My theory on this is that because we no longer have tribal identities based on things like geography or religion or language or race or all of these other things that we did for so long because we're a largely homogenous kind of global civilization but we're still tribal people. We do it based on things like what, what are our diet preferences or <laughs> what are the, what are our fitness choices or what's our favorite series on Netflix? Or do I have an Apple or an Android phone? Or it's all these more kind of superfluous things as a way to scratch that tribal itch because we aren't doing it with the bigger things that we've done for however long. Spot on, man. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. You know, it used to just be religion and politics were the two things you don't talk about at dinner, but now it's, what diet or, you know, what CrossFit <laughs> do you go to? <laughs> right? Yeah. CrossFit is a dirty word in some tribes. Oh, in some cases, that's worse than the F word. It's like, exactly. how dare you? <laughs> or this, it's the new C word, I guess we should say. Yes, there you go. Yeah, and how dare you have any sort of respect or admiration for it because they're not real athletes. They're just, they're just blah, blah, blah. And it's, no, I, I can't do that. I can do some of those things, but I can't do everything. Or same thing with the power lifter. I can do those basic movements. I can't move it to the same level of strength that they do. And, and so, yeah, this idea of poo-pooing people because they don't fit within our particular shallow tribe, this, it's, it's silly. It's an ego thing too, man. I think injuries for me help strip away even more layers of my ego that were hindering me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was uh, not to say I had a massive ego or a massive insecurity or anything like that. But it, it, it is a case where, you know, you start to question some of your own thoughts about different things, especially in our industry or my industry that I'm in, I, you know, it's easy to get sucked into the whole, like, Oh, CrossFit sucks mm-hmm. or keto sucks or being a carnivore sucks. Sure. It might suck for me, right? Like in certain instances, it's not for me. Right. But I've really had to, and, and, you know, I've tried to change my messaging a lot because I used to kind of be that 
in, in moments that brash person who would be like, oh, why would you dare to think to do CrossFit when you're trying to lose weight? Well, from a business perspective, you, you have to. I mean, everything sure. years, you got to niche down. You got to throw rocks at the enemies. You have to pick sides. And so it makes perfect sense to do that, but it doesn't come with its own costs or without Absolutely. its own costs. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it's like, uh, you know, you open up your mind and you go, you know what, man, like everybody's right and everybody's wrong in a lot uh-huh. of cases with fitness, right? It's yep. just, let's just find the, the puzzle piece that you're missing and let's make it fit your puzzle versus knocking someone else's project. You know what I mean? That's exactly. One of the things that a lot of people do. I mean, running, it's just crazy. I literally got an email before I jumped on the call with you from a fitness person, a big, pretty decent sized business. And you know, he was like, I don't recommend running. It's just really bad for you. And I'm like, you know, man, people are still, it, it, it's not bad for you. Like it, just like CrossFit isn't bad for you. It, it might right. be bad for you right now. And it could be because you're just not doing it correctly. And once you get it correct, oh my gosh, it's one of the best things ever. Exactly. Well, and it is because it's, you're talking about this idea of we really are an N of one that you have to be able to be adaptable. And that's been my own experience within my fitness journey where I started working out five years ago. I was 20. Oh man, it's been longer than that. I was like 28, 29. So I guess it's like six or seven years ago. Mm. And I did me being more part of this kind of anti-conventional wisdom crowd. I jumped on keto and, and strength training. So anti-carb, anti-cardio, I jumped on that train really early on. And it's like, yeah, all this conventional wisdom and everything, and this is stupid. And I did see some progress, but I didn't really experience the transformation that I wanted to. And I tried to do it harder and I tried to do it more. And it wasn't until within the last year that I thought, okay, none of this is really panning out the way that I want to. What if we try a high carb, low fat diet? Mm. And then my parents are marathoners and they talked me and my brothers into training for a half marathon with them in three weeks. So we've been doing that this summer and I still go lift three days a week, but I've now been running and doing this, you know, steady state, long distance cardio. And all of a sudden my body composition has changed drastically. Of course. I'm at a lower body fat percentage and I'm closer to having, you know, the the six pack abs and everything that I've ever been because I actually went against the grain of the guys who went against the grain. Yep. And it's just, just being willing to experiment with stuff yourself instead of always jumping from one dogma to another and immediately building an identity around that. Oh man. I love hearing that because that is one, one big piece to what I'm trying to get across now is that life is, is full of seasons, man. And there's phases you're going to go through, you know, if you're jumping into fitness for the first time, you might jump on one of these trains, right? You might go, you know what? Yeah, I, I, keto sounds good. I'm rolling with it. And, and you might get results, you might not. And even if you get amazing results, like, dude, I've been absolutely shredded beyond belief, right? Felt like death, but yeah. I've been there, right? I've been to that peak in that season. But the, the methods I followed to get there are nothing I would do now. Like, I would never consider doing those things now because I'm in a different part of my life. Right. And I want to experiment and, and see what my body is capable of with, with other approaches, you know, like, like dude, half marathon. I mean, I, that's a, that's freaking awesome. And, and, and it's amazing to see how your body responds favorably to something that you like, I might not have thought of doing this five years ago, but now all of a sudden it's like, it's just a rapid response. And you're just mm-hmm. like, the body is incredible. It's an incredible tool. It is. Uh, and, and if you give it the opportunity to adapt and you are, are open-minded enough to, you know, do those kind of experiments on yourself, man, 
they say the sky's the limit or whatever, but man, it really is. It's, it's true. You know what I mean? It's, it's incredible. Well, and that's, what's so fun about it is the idea of it's not, because obviously there's the aesthetic goals or there's the long-term health goals, or there are the goals for us as dads of being able mm-hmm. to keep up with our kids and, and set good examples and things that way. But one thing that I've been discovering, and it sounds, you know, you've already said that this is something you've discovered as a result of your injury, is one of the goals is the idea of just what can I experiment with my body on and what can I find out that it's capable of? And that's, a, that's an awesome end unto itself as opposed to it always has to serve one of these other purposes. Totally, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Dude, We because not to change the subject on you, but I was just thinking like our conversation now is – it's, it's incredible to hear just some of the things that we talk about now versus when we first talked, I don't know what, four, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the first ever influential event. I want to say. Yeah, I think it was the first one because they did Maybe a low key one. It was the one, it was the second one. It was the first one in Atlanta. And so that yeah. was what, 2015? 2015, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. What, what's changed most in your world? I mean, because it's been, man, I mean, it's not, it hasn't been that long. It's not like we're talking a decade, but in, in internet times, <laughs> yeah, that's forever, well. right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So since then I've had two more daughters, <laughs> which is <laughs> the biggest one. So we're at four now. Yeah. We're at four. Oh kids. my gosh. Yeah. Cause you were at two. Uh huh. Yep. yep. Now we're at four. We'll probably have at least one or, or two more. So we're, we're still in the thick of all that. And that's, that's been awesome. We've started homeschooling our kids and the experience because for me, that's the other big major change is I'm no longer working for the custom suit company that I was with before. Yep. Still a fantastic relationship with those guys, but for the last two and a half years, I've been doing my style coaching as a full-time business. That's been my main gig. And it. you know what that jump is like to go from working for somebody else, irrespective of how much you love them, to being able to have the autonomy. And most importantly for me is that time wealth of sure. I get to be in control of my schedule. And it's been fun as we're tackling this idea. My oldest is seven. My second is five. They're going into, you know, we're starting to teach them. And we don't have to set the same example for them that was set for me. If dad goes to work, it's nine to five. You go to school, you sit quietly in a class, you do it from this time. We get to teach them this whole different idea of how much control can you have over your life? What kind of things can you create? Can you find a desire to create things irrespective of there being a monetary reward and all this other stuff? And so, I love that. I love the position that I'm in. I love the position that my family's in. I mean, honestly, the last, the last five years, and I feel bad for men who don't get to say this. And this is not to say that we haven't had hardships or struggles, but the last five years have been the best five years of my life. And the five years prior to that were better than what they were before. And it's this constant movement of, am I doing more? Am I making myself better? Am I making my relationships better? My business better? How I am as a father better? And the answer I'm really grateful to say is yes, I'm better in every regard compared to where I was the last time we talked. Dude, that's amazing, man. Homeschooling is incredible. I was homeschooled. I don't know if I told oh, you. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I was homeschooled. I'm one of six. Uh, Good, you can be one of my proof that not everybody who does homeschool is weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and it's crazy, man, because like looking back, you know, now as a father, right? Like uh-huh. it, obviously as a teenager, you're like, Oh, I feel weird. You know, like my parents homeschooled me, but looking back, man, I am more grateful probably more than anything that my mom, cause my mom was the one who homeschooled. My dad was in the Navy. He was gone mm-hmm. a lot, but my mom was patient and, and incredible. She, she should have been a, an incredible college professor or something. Right. Great teacher. And you know, she, she was just so strict about reading, Mm. right? Reading just constantly. I mean, we used to go to the library 
and she would make me pick out, you know, 10, 20 books. Like I'm not even joking. I would come up with these bags of books. Awesome. And it wouldn't have happened if I was in public right? school. No, it wouldn't have. No, and, and you would have been, yeah, because you would have been held to whatever the, the medium standard is with everything. Yeah, one book, do the report, turn it in, that kind of stuff, right? Right. This, this, this homeschooling thing, I, I'll be honest, man. Recently, I have started to seriously think about it. Uh, yeah. Just because I see where the school systems are now. And I'm sure you, I mean, I'd love to hear about your reasoning behind it, but it's just, it's not going in my, at least in my opinion, it's not going in the right direction. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, there's just a lot of nonsense. Even my little kids who go to Montessori school, which is mm -hmm. we consider to be a higher end preschool, right? There's still stuff that I'm like, you know, uh, I'm not a hundred percent. I, I, I would much rather than be at home right. and teaching them things. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's largely been, there, there've been a few motivations for us, but it really boils down to a couple different things. One is what their moral upbringing is because school is no longer an area that is free from people don't being taught school anymore, right? right? No, no, nothing. And you yeah. can't do, you can't do anything. And so for yeah. us, the idea of other people being able to, it's kind of like you don't send your kids to Rome and expect them to come home hating Caesar is the best way that I've heard somebody <laughs> put that. Right. And that's what it is, is. You can't send your kids to school all day and have their teachers be their primary influence on their lives and have them be pumping them full of ideas and then expect you to be able to counteract that as well as you could if you were just creating it yourself. In addition to that, there's also just the mindset of the idea, especially for my son, that in order to be a good person, you have to sit down and shut up and just follow orders for the rest of your life. Because that's, that's I don't, I can't imagine expecting my little boy to sit still for six hours and he gets Impossible. 15 minutes of recess. And then if he doesn't do well in that environment, he's a bad kid or a bad student. He needs medicine. Exactly. I can't yeah. imagine doing that to my son. Yeah. I just, I can't imagine that. And so there's the mindset of it, or even the idea of, again, dad doesn't have to work according to somebody else's time schedule. We get location independence and time independence. And, and so one of the things that we're looking at doing as part of our homeschool curriculum is even like, we're doing a, uh, a, a little sunglasses company for kids oh, sunglasses. And we're going to do that with the kids We're I'm going to teach them how to do shipping and order fulfillment. I'm going to talk to them about how to do online advertising and marketing and all this stuff so that we can build. And I don't care if it's really super financially successful because the goal is not the money of the business. Yeah. It's teaching my kids how to do that so that when my son is 16, rather than him going and getting a job at the snow cone stand, he's hiring his friends because he's the one who owns the snow cone stand and he knows how to do all that. Dude, that makes, that gives me chills. <laughs> I love it. I love right? it, man. Oh my gosh. I'll be, I'll be one I, of your customers for yes, sure. Awesome. Like, but why would I, why would I limit my kids to this idea of you have to follow orders? You have to go to school. You have to go to the nine to five. You have to have a boss, everything. You are an, you are an object that is acted upon by other people as opposed to being an agent of your own action and then be a hypocrite and not actually set that example myself because I don't have a boss. I don't have somebody else that's keeping me accountable. All the reasons that I do things are because of my own desire to become a better version of myself as opposed to just reacting to somebody else. To me, it feels hypocritical to do it any other way. And that's not a moral, I'm not punishing or, or castigating somebody else who feels otherwise, but for me and my own internal sense of who I am, I would feel hypocritical if I were to send my kids to a school to train them to live a different life than what the example is that I'm setting for them. 
could be why I have a real problem with authority because <laughs> I never had it, you know? Exactly. So, right. So just, authority went, loved you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I went to, I did go to public high school because of sports. Uh, my parents made a tough decision to do that uh, because I wanted to play professional sports. Uh-huh. And it was really at the time, the only way for me to get into college and play sports at that level. Yep. So, but needless to say, my, my high school years, I look back with uh, horrible, memories in a way because it was such a rough transition and I wasn't able so to give you an idea like and I'm sure you agree man like part of the reason why I'm healthy and fit is because I played all day Uh uh-huh I mean all day up until my high school years I was outside we would come in for school for 30 minutes do some stuff to go back outside it wasn't sitting down and and from a fitness standpoint I think man I don't want my kids sitting at a desk. No. Pretty soon, they'll just be on a computer, by the way, the whole time. Exactly. And it's like, dude, we're setting – you think our health is bad. Oh, man. Yeah, what we're man. setting them up for? Just wait. Gross. Oh, it's going to get worse, man. Yeah. I mean, we, no, and you're right. Think about, we don't know how to run. Like, how are they going right to run? Exactly, right? And I can see my kids right now riding their bikes out in the front yard. Yeah, I mean – And they don't – all their friends are sitting in a, in a desk right now. And it is good. It's going to be so interesting to see – how my kids' movement mechanics are, what their fitness like, what their relationship with health and fitness and everything is compared to where their peers are going to be when they are all high school aged. They're not going to understand why people have to hire a fitness coach because they're no. like, dude, what do you mean? I, I just move. Life. Yeah, I just yeah. go hiking. I, I ride a bike. I swim. Yeah. I watch that. That's another thing that we're doing is we're putting in we, – my wife and I have been going to the gym to go to our strength training. But again, this idea of being an example and kind of leading a life for our kids – uh, we're now putting in uh, a squat rack and everything down in the basement so that our kids it. don't see fitness as something that mom and dad go do, but mm-hmm. it's something that they can be down there and be involved with and eventually start to participate in themselves as well. Dude, that's, I mean, dad of the year over here. <laughs> <laughs> Save some for the rest of us, man. Oh, Jeez. man. Well, it's fun because you, you, you get this more and more now when you start to remove yourself from the way that the script of the modern American dream has been written into what really the American dream should be of this idea of, I want to be the best version of myself because I want to be that way. And I'm not just a cog in somebody else's wheel to make somebody else money. And I have control over my destiny and my time and my resources. It just makes it really addictive to start doing that. And then you want to share that with that, with other people. You want to share it with your wife, with your kids, you want to share it with your friends. You want to do it as much as possible because it's such a better way to live. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, I was, I had a proud dad moment just the other day because I've been trying to teach my, my oldest about money, you know, uh-huh. just, just, just understanding like, Hey, you know, just basics, right? Save your money, spend a little bit, but keep, you know, your money safe and all that kind of stuff invested in right in your right places and all that. And he went to school, he snuck uh, a few dollar bills in his pocket. Didn't know. I had no idea. You know, he's four years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess a couple of kids at his school were like organizing his his stuff, right? Like his, his papers and they were helping him organize and he, he paid them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I come to pick him up and his teacher said, Hey, um, I just want to let you know, Jackson was giving his friends money for helping him today. And I thought, man, he's learning. Like, I love it. Like, yeah, it's crazy. He's already outsourcing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Right now. Now, how do I scale this dad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. How do we buy the school? Like, yeah, here we go. Creating a monster, man. Oh, that's awesome. It's incredible. But it's, but it's such a it's such a cool thing about kids how they naturally have this desire to where you give them a little bit of power over their lives mm. and it just expands things. I was noticing this with my oldest daughter this year, where she, it finally clicked in her head as far as swimming. And 
her love of the water and the pool and how often she's wanting to go and how much more she's willing to push herself and backstroke and dive for things and everything else is so much different because she realized that she's independent in there. And it's the same thing that your mom had you guys experience with reading where rather than doing the bare minimum because that's what some authority figure expects of you, you realize the power that comes from, I can now read, I can get any information that I want, or I can move my body in a certain way, I can do things, or I can control my money. And what it does as far as our ability to level up, I love how thirsty kids are for that. And it's fun to see my kids really fully embrace that and just watch them go to a whole different level than where they were before. Oh man, I, it's, I thought of you actually when my son, the same one actually, he, uh, he's become obsessed with style. Oh, cool. Um, and mostly like his hair and uh-huh. stuff like that. My wife is, is big and she's, she, she's a, she runs a hair salon. So she's, you know, she's got the whole hair stuff going on. So he, he's got this obsession now with dressing well, right. Uh-huh. Being, being well put together and not leaving the house unless things look the right way. Right. Or he feels presentable. And I just thought, man, like it, it's crazy. It's not a bad thing, right? It's like, a, it's, it's a very healthy uh, obsession that he has now with taking care of himself. And I'm like, man, where do we lose this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, cause and I, you know, sure. I don't sit there and like make him do it. He just watches me and her and is like, Oh, I want to, you know, get dressed and look good and iron my clothes and all that stuff. And yep. it's just like, they, they pick up on something and it's like the passion that they have for it is such a healthy energy. And it's like, man, I, we, we totally lose that somewhere along the way, or at least a lot of us do. Right. Right. And I just, it's almost like a, a harsh reminder that's right in your face all the time that it sounds cliche or maybe it sounds corny, but it's like, dude, you got to remember that, Hey, it's okay to be a kid again. Like yeah. it's okay to be, you know, healthy level of, uh, have a healthy level of curiosity, have passion about moving and playing and, you know, getting your hands dirty. And, and that's just, man, we lose it somewhere and it's awful. Well, okay, as you're talking about this, because this is one of the things that I've been thinking out for a little while, and I'm, I'm going to walk through this theory, and we may be totally wrong. But I, I, my theory is that the ability to be willing to experiment, the ability to be willing to get into the arena and try different things, that it's, it's a skill set. And if it's not something that we continue to practice, that we then lose. And it's really easy for kids because there aren't these competing incentives of, yeah, but I might look dumb or I need to save my energy because of this or my kids, they don't even pay attention to hot or cold the same way that I do. They just, they just do stuff, you know? So we have all these other little things that come into it and it totally, we, the, the less we practice the, that curiosity and that experimentation, the more we start to lose it because, okay. So I just had something this, this past weekend where we had a big family get together. I have a brother who's in town from, he's been in Korea for two years. He and his family are now going to be in Germany for three years. He's with the army. We had a weekend to hang out. And as we were all hanging out and participating, my son and one of my nephews were wrestling and we were trying to teach them how to do it. And then my brother-in-law who wrestled throughout elementary and junior high school said, Tanner, let's wrestle. You know, let's show him how to do it. I have no wrestling experience whatsoever, right? I know how to box, but I have no idea how to wrestle. And the me of even two years ago, let alone 10 years ago, would have come up with any number of excuses. You know, oh, I'm not, you know, I've got jeans on, I don't want them to rip, or, you know, I'm not feeling great, or I, I ate too much, for, or too much for lunch. And really, the real reason is I don't want to embarrass myself in front of my family, right? 
But because I've been doing more of this physical experimentation or within my own work, I've been doing more style experimentation or anything else. I feel like I've developed more of this ability to, to be curious and to be willing to do stuff. And so we wrestled, he wrecked me within like <laughs> seconds. <laughs> right. And it was funny because I, I was so confused as to why I was feeling great. I felt mm. so good and I wasn't embarrassed and my face was all raw because he'd like rubbed me into the dirt and everything, <laughs> all these, all these burn marks and everything. And it felt so good. And for, for the rest of that day, I, re I felt like I did when I was a little kid where it's like that hurt and that sucked. And it was awesome because I yes. did something new and something that was unfamiliar. And I want to continue to chase that. And I want to continue to hone that skills, those skills and help my kids maintain that skill set as opposed to they're losing it because we have all these other conflicting reasons to just not try. Mm. Yeah. It's why, I mean, it's like why things like Spartan are so big now. Yes. Cause it gets you in this like, predicament right and you have to fight your way out you're like what am i doing here but you but you love it right uh -huh. like the pain and you get to the end and you're like oh I'll, i want to do it again you know yeah. like i just ran one this past weekend and man i i pushed myself right i was i got to the end and it's been a while since i've redlined and i felt like i want to puke and uh -huh. i got there a couple times and i i crossed the finish line and just i sat down and stood up you know a couple minutes later and i go man, i want to do it again Yes. <laughs> like it's crazy. Yes. It's wild. And it, 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 it's applicable in so many ways. My wife is, she's that way with childbirth and mm. she's delivered all of our babies unmedicated naturally. Oh, good for her, man. She still is at the point where when she's done and she's had a minute to relax, she's like, I want to do it again. What's wrong with me that yeah. I want to do this again? <laughs> but it's the challenge aspect and the overcoming aspect. And for her, even the, the closeness with the baby and the spiritual component and all these other things. And it's sad that we, and I'm certainly not saying this as far as like women who choose to get epidurals, because I have no idea what that's like. Right. But as a society in general, we pursue comfort so much to the exclusion of everything else that we lose so much of that feeling of glory and conquest and conquering and mostly conquering ourselves and our own mm. vices as far as I don't want to do hard things. And we're worse off individually and collectively because of that. Oh man. I, I, I made a, a tweet the other day that our pursuit of easy has made life unbearable. Like, uh -huh. It's, it's, it's the truth because, you know, even just looking at our kids they, you know, it's funny you mentioned the hot and cold thing. You know, it doesn't matter how hot or cold it is outside. My kids want to go out and play. Yep. They want to, they want to, they want to get rough. They want to roll around. They want to fall down. They want to have fun. They want to see what they're capable of, right? They just want to go experiment and explore. It doesn't matter if it's hot or cold. And as a dad, you know, it's like, I, I catch myself going, oh no, it's too hot. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it's too cold. Oh no, it's too humid. I'm like, what? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I've literally put it on my calendar now that when my son gets home from, you know, when they're home in the evening from five to six, we're outside. I don't care unless it's like a, a tornado, you know, mm -hmm. like we're, we're getting out there because otherwise you just get so comfortable trying to be comfortable. Right. It sucks, man. Like you lose that, that drive to just be, and, and we're talking, I mean, God, I sound like such a wuss, but you know, it's like, Oh man, we're talking about the weather. I mean, geez, imagine something really tough happens, right? Imagine yeah. a real challenge presents itself. What are you going to do then? Well, I think that's one of the reasons why people are so weak in general, not just physically, but even from a mindset or anything else is because we pursue comfort at the expense of everything. I mean, within my business, the vast majority of men don't care about what they wear other than it needs to be physically comfortable. 
or <laughs> when it comes to we're both very active on Twitter and 99% of the time that I get a mob of people who are pissed off at me about something, it's because I've presented an idea that makes them emotionally uncomfortable and they have no idea how to handle that. Totally. So when we constantly are worshiping at the altar of comfort, and that's our God, which it really is, we, we've killed God and replaced him with comfort. Mm. It's no wonder we're a people that are so depressed and our lives are so meaningless and we have no physical capacity or mental capacity or spiritual or anything else because what a stupid God to worship. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it just, it's incredible though. Cause when you look back at history, you know, the, the people who I guess, quote unquote, are, are the happiest, right. The ha quote unquote happiest people are typically the ones who have very little. Yeah. Right. Um, or, or they're, they're people who have come from nothing and have just grinded and gone through hell and back to reach a level of success. But even then they continue to pursue discomfort. Right. right. And I think that's the distinction because a lot of times when you were always subject to some external force always give, making you uncomfortable, that's a hard thing, right? Sure. Because then you could say, well, anybody who's been a slave, they should be the happiest because they have maximum level of discomfort all the time. But there's a big difference between voluntary and involuntary comfort. And what's sad is most people don't realize that the more you pursue voluntary discomfort, the less you have to deal with involuntary discomfort and mm -hmm. vice versa. The more you avoid this, then the more of this other you have to deal with. Absolutely, man. Speaking of style, I'm curious to know what, what has changed? Cause last time we talked, I mean, you know, obviously styles come and go, right? I mean, there's always new or even, <laughs> I like to say the old comes back around always. And it's, and it's awesome again, which I love by the way, which I think is so cool. And now that I'm getting, I guess we're getting <laughs> into the older category. I don't think we're old by any means, but you start to see styles that were like cool back when we were right. teenagers. And it's like, Oh, that looks awesome now. <laughs> Cause it's so old and old school. Yeah. Mr. Bleach tips. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Right. I was like, my wife being so big into hair, she's like, it's the cool thing. And I was like, all right, whatever. I have a torn bicep. All right. I'm just, you know, let me just do it for fun. You know, yep. make my kids laugh or whatever. And then I ended up liking it. And right. Like, 1998 oh. all over again. <laughs> yeah. M and M. <laughs> It was awesome, but it's like cool to just see that stuff come back around. But what do you see these days? Like, are, are the same mistakes that guys were making four or five years ago, are they still making them now? What's going on? Always, always. That's the thing that's, I guess, both frustrating for me and also encouraging because it's job security. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> but the, the, the most common mistakes that I see are typically things like, Guys pretend like they're, they're somehow more masculine to not care how you look. Mm. And what's funny is they do that to the point where they go out of their way to look like they don't care how they look, which is still caring about how they look. Yeah. Um, but even more than that, as guys, because you, I am seeing more and more men who are actually starting to put in some effort and energy into this. But there's a couple mistakes that are super frequent. One is the idea that in order to have style, you have to dress more formally where it's, oh, I'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy and I'm a software developer and I want to dress better so I'm going to start wearing a sport coat and chinos to work every day. And it's like, no, dude, that's stupid for where you work. That, mm -hmm. that doesn't work at all. There are many ways to be able to make a t-shirt and jeans look quite a bit better. You don't always have to be more formal in order to have better style. Or one of the other ones that's really more common is that in order to be better dressed, I have to stand out more, which means that I have to have really bright colors or a ton or really bold patterns. Mm. And that's not the case either. It can be little things like 
fit or texture or how much you're combining something that's formal versus casual or all these other more subtle variables. But a lot of guys still fall into this, into these default mindsets of it's got to be bright, it's got to be loud, or it's got to be dressed up. Otherwise I look like a bum. And it's, it's, it's sad to see guys spend time and money and energy chasing this, this idea that really doesn't put them in any better position than they were when they were dressing in their graphic t-shirts and their cargo shorts. Yeah, I can see that where they'd fall victim to that though, just because, you know, marketability wise, like a lot of men's fashion stuff, magazines, whatever you want to call it, online stuff, they, they tend to use eye catching things. They totally. tend to, you know, and, and all the, the movie stars and the guys that you see who are, you know, their pictures everywhere, like The Rock, for example, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's got pretty good fashion, I would say for a jacked guy. Like, Definitely. He knows how to dress. I mean, you know, he's sure he's got someone dressing him or at least right. wear. But nonetheless, he does wear a lot of, you know, bright colored stuff, a lot of, you know, suit jackets. And, you know, he looks, looks well done up pretty much all the time. So I can understand where guys who are like, well, how do I fix my, my style game? That's like their go-to. It totally right. And if you're going to, to movie premieres and you're walking down the red carpet all the time, then you should be wearing that. But if you're sure. not, then you probably should be doing something a little different because what it ultimately comes down to is color, formality, fit, pattern, texture, all these other things. They're always subject to context. Mm. A lot of style guys talk about how fit is king, but even fits change over the years. You go watch something from the 90s and what was a professional dignified fit of a suit back then looks ridiculous now. Fit changes. And so the thing that is always true and always constant is that context is king. And if you can read the context and use that to your advantage, then you'll always have good style irrespective of where you find yourself or when or anything else like that. What are a few things that guys who are, you know, just like, Hey, I just want to make sure I'm at the basic level these days and times. What are some of the like two or three things that guys really should be on top of when it comes to their fashion, their appearance and the things that go into style for them? You mean as far as like key pieces or kind of mindset ideas or what? Yeah. So I think maybe, maybe like just general upkeep of appearance and maybe just a few key pieces that every guy should have, you know, within arm's length if they need it. Well, I think the idea of a personal uniform is really appealing to a lot of men, especially because it's a way to be able to operate on defaults without having to put a lot of energy into it. And that's me, (laughs) right? That's how I am. Yeah, I love I'm I'm a style coach and I have a personal (laughs) uniform where it is near, it is like five or six days a week. I am in a pair of dark or mid-wash jeans probably a Henley, whether that's short or long sleeve. And then I get a little bit more personality and I've got a bunch of different sneakers or boots or stuff like that that I wear with them. And then in the fall and winter, I have a ton of jackets that I'll kind of swap out. So I get a little bit of variety and variability with my jackets and my shoes, but it's almost always jeans and a Henley or jeans and a t-shirt, not a lot of variety there. And it makes it really easy for me to be able to just get dressed on defaults. And it also makes it really easy for me to even go out and do shopping on defaults but I, you have to put in the energy to get to that point in the first place. Correct. Because for somebody else, their personal uniform may be something where it's chinos and a button-up shirt and a sport coat because they're in a different context. Or it may be somebody who it's just shorts and a t-shirt. You know, I have a, I have a couple clients who are fitness instructors and for them, it's more of the athleisure, and it, but it's doing it in a way that it fits and it's high quality materials and that kind of stuff. So it doesn't just look like you rolled out of, you rolled out of bed and you came to work in your pajamas. And so it's that intentionality that pairs with the personal uniform that if you can figure that out, it's really, really easy to have good style all the time. 
Mm, yeah. And I guess it would probably pay off too. And <laughs> to be in shape, right? Like, I mean, to keep your fitness up because then you can start to fit into things that you might want to fit into, but you can't right now. And that exactly. makes your, your uniform selection a little bit less stressful. Right. Well, not only that, but it's also the relationship between the two, they're synergistic because if you're, you're in great shape and you've got really good style, then it's very obvious that it's like, okay, this guy, because most fitness guys, the mistake that they make is they're, they're in really, really good shape, but then their clothes look like they're either always just coming from the gym yeah. or it's like super skin tight stuff and everywhere. It's like, you guys could see my abs through my, through my button up <laughs> shirt, right? You know, I've got abs where it's this very one dimensional thing of all that matters. And the only good thing that I have going in my life is my fitness. But if you've got your body dialed in and you've got good style that it isn't just always hitting on that fitness nail, then you, from just a glance, are a multidimensional, multifaceted person that is, you're very visually interesting because it's like, no, he's kind of got a bunch of different things going on for him. This is somebody that I may be more interested in getting to know or learning from or dating or something else. And so the, the, the combination of being in good shape dressing well, getting your grooming on point, all it's, it's a huge benefit for everybody. How do you coach guys with their style? I'm really curious. Cause I mean, obviously being in the fitness coaching world, you know, I, I know how I, I coach guys, right. But I'm curious to know how, how do you attack someone who comes to you? And I say attack, that's probably not the right word. <laughs> that's a horrible word. How do we destroy? No, how do we, how do you lead someone from, Hey, this is, you know, this is where you are now. And mm -hmm. maybe you have no idea what the hell you're doing and that's cool but here's where you want to be. How do you get them from that point, that point A to point B? What are some of the steps you take? So that's what's, that's what I love about what I get to do. It's why I, I'm the only person out here who's doing it the way that I do. Cause most guys, they're stylists. And what they'll do is they'll have three or four different kind of avatars of, you know, oh, he's a fitness guy. He's a wall street guy. He's something else. And so I'm going to put him in the uniform of what I think that looks like. And I did that for the first three or four years that I was doing this. And I would find when I would do a six month follow-up with my guys, they would just be back wearing the same stuff that they did before because they weren't internalizing anything. And there wasn't actually this big change and this big transformation for them. And it's the same thing. If you were to be able to just magically like give somebody a better body without changing their habits, without changing their relationship with exercise and diet and everything else, you go back in six months and they're right back to the way that they used to. Oh, be. absolutely. Right. Because yeah. it's our habits and our mindsets and everything that get us to where we're having this problem. And so the steps that I go through as I work through this with these guys and I outline all six of them in a book that I published a couple of years ago called the appearance of power, but it's basic things like, what works with your body and what doesn't as far as color and proportions and all that. And then the bigger things are everything related to context. Things like how do you interact with the world? What are your different tribes that you belong to? And how do you send signals within those tribes or between tribes? How do you signal things like mastery or status or I'm a conformist versus I'm a rebel or all these other things? What's your own personal taste? What makes you feel like a million bucks when you're wearing it versus making you feel like I'm a poser and everybody can tell that I'm totally faking when I'm wearing this kind of stuff. What do you wear if you're in New York in the middle of winter versus Hawaii in the summer? Are you somebody who likes a big wardrobe versus a small wardrobe and all of these, these variables? And I work through each one of those with my clients so that they can find what the very subjective right answers are for them. And then by the end, they not only know what those answers are, but they also have the skill set established so that they don't need me to help them make those decisions anymore because they've got the tools, they've put in the reps, they know how to see this system the right way. They can make really good decisions on their own from, from there on out after that. That's amazing. Do you see a lot of clients who come to you, they improve their style game or at least their style habits? 
do you see like other parts of their life start to dramatically improve as well? That's the secret. And I've had four or five guys, even just within the last year that we've been kind of, we've gone through an exit interview or something else. And they've said, this is really more of like a life coaching thing, even though most of us hate that term life coach because it doesn't mean anything. But they say, this is so much more than style. This affects the way that I talk to people. This affects the way that I carry my body. This affects the way that I see my relationships and what my aspirations are. And so that's what's so cool is about these, these tools and these systems is clothing is one manifestation of it. But what it really relates to is how do you see yourself within the world? What are your aspirations? And how do you use your relationships with other people to meet those aspirations and to benefit those other people as you're going through it? So it's way more than just style stuff. And the guys that I bring on, part of it is because I'm expensive to work with like yourself, is it's the kind of guys who are already self-development minded where they probably already have their fitness or their money, well, their, their money or their relationships. Something else is already dialed in. And yeah. so it's more of that synergy of they're stacking all of these other things that are really good in their lives. And then it just levels them up to stack whatever the next example is or the next thing that they're tackling is as well. Yeah, man. It's one of those things too where I feel like it's low-hanging fruit for a lot of guys, right? So like, low. You know, fitness and, and fashion, I say fashion, it's, it's, it might sound like a dirty word to some guys, but it really is those two things. They're just right there for the taking in terms of improving your entire life, right? You know, if I snap my fingers today, I'm not going to be a millionaire. You know, I'm, if I'm starting a business, I don't, you know, in, unless I just have connections and hard work that's right over time and I start something and it's instantly a, a seven figure business. But most of the time, it takes some grit, it takes some work, it takes some blood, sweat, and tears. But with fashion, I almost feel like you invest a few months into someone like yourself, mm -hmm. you're going to walk away probably knowing more than like 99% of the people out there. Yep. You know? Yep. And not only that, but the other big benefit to it that I think is also what scares a lot of guys away from it is that it is a very public display of self-development. Because mm -hmm. if I want to learn to play the piano, I can practice that in the privacy of my home. My kids will hear it. My wife will hear it. But, you know, we're already on all the same page anyway nobody cares about the mistakes that I make or if I'm good at it or anything else. But with your style, that is showing everybody that it's like, I am no longer accepting the same person that I was a week ago or a few months ago. I'm intentionally leveling up. And so it is a very public way of saying, I am a growth. I, I have a growth mindset. I'm, I don't have a fixed mindset. I want to be better. I want to be a better version of myself. And for a lot of people that's turn off because it's like, holy crap, then people are going to hold me accountable to it. Or I'm going to screw it up, which is where somebody like me comes in to be able to help you not screw up as much. But yeah. for the right guys with the right mindset where it's like, good, I need that extra pressure. I love that extra accountability of I am advertising to other people and to myself when I see my reflection in the mirror that I'm not content with the complacency that I was before. It's such a good boost in addition to being a low hanging fruit. Yeah. It's eerily how, how similar it is to fitness where I bet you the guys who go a lot of, I'm sure guys who go through your program, they probably at times get some negative, like pushback totally peers, right? Yep. Because those people are now like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like they start to get uncomfortable. Uh huh. Cause they're like, well, wait a second. You know, Jeff from accounting's looking like Jeff from GQ now. Like, yes, what's going on? Change Jeff. What's wrong? I liked who you were. And it's really because who you were made me feel comfortable. In my complacency. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the overweight person all of a sudden loses all the weight, they're healthy, their skin looks great, their energy's high, and their friends waiting for them at the bar on, you know, Thursday night are like, wait a second, dude, like, you were like us, we, we get, we get smashed drunk, and we go home and eat nachos every night, like, well, right, wait a second, you know, like, and that uncomfortable, 
you know, so I, I get it. Like they, there's probably some of that that a lot of guys have to overcome and they have to yep. kind of get through that. Definitely. That, that, that backlash, if you will. But, you know, it's, it's worth it, though. 100%. I think that that's, I think that's a benefit to it because it makes you decide, am I really going to do this or not? You have to earn it because, yes, it's low-hanging fruit as far as the technical ability to it. But there's also a high barrier of the social implications of it. And so you do still have to earn it. And then you're much more likely to commit to it and continue with it because you've earned it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, just because it's low hanging fruit doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Right. It's just a, it's a great place to say, okay, there's not a huge barrier to entry here. Nope. But it doesn't mean that on the back end, there isn't going to be a hell of a lot of challenges, right? There's, exactly. there's going to be waiting for you to test you and make you earn that success. Yep. I love that, man. Dude, so how can guys listening, because, you know, we've, we've talked about working together. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll do something here soon. But I know there's probably plenty of guys, especially now in my audience, that has changed dramatically since we last talked, mm-hmm. who are more than curious to know how they can get in touch with you and how they can actually start to get some help with this. Because maybe they're starting to master their fitness. Maybe, because the thing that pops into my brain is the guy who got his health together, right? Mm-hmm. He started to lose some weight. And now he's got to buy a new wardrobe. Yep. And he wants and, to do it right. And he wants to do it right. And he's like, man, my fashion has been pretty bad because I've been self-conscious for a long time trying to hide my body. Yep. And now I'm like ready to take care of my, my, my clothes and the things I put on my body and all that. That's the guy that's probably thinking right now, like now I got to really get, I got to get some help with this. Yep. Don't want to put a bunch of money into a whole new wardrobe unless it's the right wardrobe. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And those, those are my favorite clients to work with because you've already put in all the hard work and now you get to reward yourself with a total visual confirmation that you were no longer the man that you used to be. You have totally leveled up and now you get every confirmation of it when you see yourself, when you see what's in your fridge, when you see the way other people treat you in, in every regard. It's, it's just, it's such a good cap to getting to where you want to be from that fitness perspective. So yes, for the guys who are interested in taking things to that level, uh, the best way to be able to get a hold of me is uh, the main site is masculine-style.com. Um, if you go to that site, you'll be able to take a quiz that's a seven question quiz and it's going to get you on my newsletter and tell you help you start to understand the general direction in which you should be moving with your style. Um, I also like Joe's. I am super active on Twitter. That's my most frequently used social media platform. My DMS are always open. So for you guys who are listening, probably the easiest and quickest way to get a hold of me is just find at Tanner Guzzi on Twitter, shoot me a DM. And I would love to talk to you about where you are and how I can help you take things to the next level. So those two platforms are, are the best way. Awesome. Yeah. I can vouch for your stuff. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of a stalker in a way. I like to, <laughs> I like to see what style you're putting out. I'm like, I, I vibe with your style, man. Uh-huh. Especially like, I like the direction you've taken things to the past, I guess it's been maybe a year or two where you have shown more of your quote unquote casual yeah. side. Right. Because initially when I met you, I mean, you were well dressed, dude, like to the point where I was like, Holy crap. I don't know if I can ever pull that off and maybe I could never pull it off and that's totally fine. Context, but it was all, right? Yeah, it was like context. Exactly. But I was like, man, that takes serious effort. And that's awesome. But now I, you, you've opened up like, hey, this is sometimes what I wear around the house. And this is what I wear to casual dinners and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And it gives me ideas because now, awesome. oh, okay, now I don't have to wear, you know, a, a 10 piece suit <laughs> to be like Tanner, right? I don't have to go to like the, the you know, the, the special stores that sell the antique stuff. That's so right. Awesome. Drop three or five grand on a custom yeah. piece or something. Exactly. On one, on one tie. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you took a time machine back and found all the cool stuff that was like, 
way back in the day and made it look awesome again. I was yes. like, how do I do that? <laughs> no, it's fun. And for me, that's what's been fun is again, context. I no longer work for a custom suit company. I still love, I wear suits Sundays when I go to church. I wear them a couple times a week for other, for other stuff. But the majority of my days are now spent in that personal uniform of jeans, Henley and sneakers. And it's fun to be able to make that look good too, to the point where I can walk into any environment that is relatively casual and feel like I represent myself well. I would not be embarrassed to bump into a client or meet a potential client or something else and then still adapt to dressing up more or even down more when I need to. And it's such a valuable skill set and it's so, so easy to attain as soon as you know what the right tools are and how to use them within the right system. Yeah, and, and I love that. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's just incredible what, how fast you can grasp something too if you're willing to invest. Yep. Like, I mean, like you said, you're not cheap, but it's for a reason, right? Yeah. Because you're going to take someone way faster and give them the, the tools to keep the result, which is what I stress so much, man. Anybody can get in shape for a couple of days, right? Like anybody can stick with something for four months, uh -huh. lose weight. But what happens a year later, right? Like I can, I can read GQ for, you know, whatever. And I use GQ. There's probably way better resources out there, but like I can get better fashion temporarily. You know what I mean? If I get, okay. if I come into, if I have a bunch of income laying around that I'm like, you know what, let me go buy a bunch of custom suits. You'll be on That's trend awesome. for this fall. Yeah. Take a bunch yep. of pictures. I look awesome. But then what happens when I don't have the, like when styles change or, or uh -huh. like what, what happens if I, if I make a career change or if I lose weight or, you know, if I'm like, yeah, I want to try this. I don't have the skill set. Nope. To be able to start picking out what I need for my own personal style. And I'm going to feel uncomfortable, dude, because I'm a poser, right? Right. Like, exactly. That's the, most, that's the biggest thing. Like your internal game exactly. is going to be so off. Yep. You know, makes sense. Dude, you're one of the good guys, man. That's what I like to say. <laughs> I, I really, I really appreciate you, dude. Just, just because of uh, who you are and the message that you put out, not just with the fashion stuff, man. I mean, that, that's awesome and that's cool. But in reality, um, you know, I just appreciate you taking a stand for what you believe in from your religion to your kids to your marriage. Um, you're one of the good guys, man. And I appreciate you taking the time to, ch to chat with me. Thanks, Josiah. I really appreciate it. And I feel the same way, man. My favorite thing about all this internet stuff in the corner of the, of the world that we get to be in is I get to interact and become friends with men who have integrity and they work and they do things. And it's the kind of men that I get chills when I think about being associated with and and you're one of those guys. And so I love, I love that we're friends. It's been, it's awesome, it, man. Yeah. It's cool. Like it's awesome to reconnect after uh -huh. a good enough time to see personal growth in both our lives and yep. families getting bigger. And yeah. Cause when I talked to you last, I didn't have my second son and now I, now I have him and it's crazy. Awesome. Dude. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> yep, I love it. Sweet brother. So where can people connect with you? What's the, what's your uh, Twitter handle again? At Tanner Guzzi. Okay, cool. Yeah. Everything for those listening the Tanner mentioned will be in the show notes. So you guys can check it out. Strongly encourage you guys to at least buy, at least get on his newsletter, pick up his book, grab some tips, start, start learning this stuff, start getting acquainted, start building some trust with, with his message that he puts out and um, definitely connect on Twitter. Cause I think you tweet almost every day, right? Yeah. I'm pretty active on there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks for spending some time with me, brother. Thanks Jose. I appreciate it, dude. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the True Transformation Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review and subscribe to the show. True Transformation.